0: Hi there, I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 128. And today, I have something special to share with you once again. Yes, I have a recording made by a guest podcaster, my friend Cricket. Cricket is going to tell you about her family and her journey from traditional homeschooling, school at home, to unschooling, how events in her family's life encouraged them along the pathway to unschooling. And after Cricket has told you her story later in this podcast, I want to share the results of the survey that I was talking about last week. Yes I had some feedback on my blog and podcast and videos and what am I going to do with that feedback? Where am I going to go next? Yes I will share that with you later but first Cricket and her story.
1: I'm Cricket, I'm married to Greg and we have seven children. Toby is two, Apple is six, our twins Andy and Abby Our nine, Colin is 13, Tucker is 24, and Tanner is 26. We've been homeschooling slash unschooling for 20 years. There is no way to separate how we came to unschooling and what unschooling means to me and what it looks like in our family. I'm an older mom, so when we started homeschooling in the mid-90s, we were very much a school-at-home type of family. In fact, we used the same package curriculum I had used at the private school I attended as a child. We even had desks in our living room, and the alphabet hung from the walls. Boy, were we miserable. We didn't enjoy the curriculum, but we dutifully did it anyway. Always eager to finish the daily work and move on to the things we enjoyed. My maternal grandma raised me, and now she lived with us. She would spend the afternoon reading and playing games with Tucker and Tanner. We learned to be thankful. We had moved, switched curriculums, and still couldn't wait to get through the daily lessons so we could resume the book we were reading or go to the nature preserve and walk along the boardwalk. There, we would search for frogs, snakes, turtles, and the like. One day, we got a call that my paternal grandma had heart failure. She had been placed in the nursing home some 1,400 miles away could we come. So we went back to my hometown. We would make that trip several times over the next year and a half. During this time, learning began to look differently. Instead of textbooks, we went through family history. When We cleaned out my grandparents' house to get it ready to sell. We learned about the power of attorney and the ins and outs of selling a home. I grew up in Idaho, so I was able to show our older two the places I had lived, the schools I had attended, and take them to some of my favorite restaurants. At the same time, Tucker and Tanner were becoming favorites at the nursing home where we spent several hours each visit. We learned selflessness. If we drove, we would stop at a museum and other interesting sites along our route. When we flew, we learned patience and how to navigate an airport. My paternal grandma died two weeks before a third child was born. I will always be thankful we were able to spend so much time with her. Time marches on. We had our set of twins around the same time my maternal grandma that lived with us was diagnosed with breast cancer. We learned compassion, felt sadness, learned to be grateful for each day. Too soon, cancer took her, and we learned to go on. The following year, our sixth child was born. Eight months later, we relocated several states away from Ohio. We learned to adjust. Here we had our seventh child and have fully embraced unschooling. Seuss podcast and blog gave me the confidence to let go of our daily math lessons and to stop worrying about how and when my children were learning to read. Our life looks much different now. Our days are full of gaming and content creating, imaginative play, jumping on the trampoline, visiting elderly neighbors, going on family walks, building with Legos, read-alouds, audiobooks, YouTube, crafting, board games, baking, and more. Other times we take day trips to the zoo, Union Station, explore a cave, visit the art museum, go on to amusement parks, or to the pottery shop. We love to travel and have four big trips planned this year. Unschooling has filled our home with more learning than any curriculum could have. I love our life. It's rich and joyful. I'm so thankful we get to spend our days this way, investing in each other. I'm grateful my children can follow their interests and dive deep where their passions take them, for that is where true learning exists
0: i am sure that you enjoyed listening to cricket's story when i got the file from cricket it was labeled the colin show colin is cricket's 13 year old son and apparently he helped cricket record that segment for us i guess it was a big learning adventure for both cricket and colin and also i learned something as well because the file that i received was in a format that i wasn't familiar with this wasn't a problem though it was just an opportunity to go and learn how to turn that file into an mp3 and it didn't take me very long to do that so if anybody else sends me contributions in an unfamiliar file I will be able to cope with it yes I learned something new Next, what I learned from my very first stories of an unschooling family survey. Since I became brave enough to have a look at my blog and podcast and video stats, it has been easier to keep on looking at them, to go back and check and see how things are going. Yes, I took the plunge, had a look, and now it is not so scary looking at the facts. I guess it's the same when we first step onto a set of scales we might be a bit apprehensive about what the number is but then when we know it isn't so scary to get on the next time unless of course we've been overeating we have an idea of what the numbers will say and so we can't get scared by them they are not going to be a shark. So I have been looking at my stats a little bit this week, not getting obsessive with them, but being brave enough to get a clear picture of where I'm at with my blog, my podcast and my videos. And the last podcast, it got downloaded quite a few times. Yes, it wasn't that bad at all. But the survey, I got a handful of replies and I was pleased to get every single one of them. But this makes me feel maybe people like listening, but they don't like actually revealing themselves. And I can understand that. It's the way of the internet, isn't it? We can hop all over the place, read a bit here, read a bit there. We can be incognito. Nobody will ever know where we have been. And bloggers and podcasters and YouTubers expect people to do this. We put our work out there, and there is no obligation on anybody to stop by, give us feedback, or to say, hey, I'm reading your blog, or I'm listening to your podcast. We offer our work freely. But I must say, it is good to get some feedback, because sometimes it can feel like I'm talking to myself, or I'm writing and no one's reading. Yes, I've got my little group of loyal friends, but sometimes I do wonder... Who else is listening, reading and viewing? Well, a few wonderful people did stop by and fill in my survey and they gave me some much needed feedback. So I want to say a big thank you to those people. Most of the feedback was very positive. I was supposed to find out that people actually like watching my videos and would like some more, especially videos that feature me in person or my children, interviews, me answering questions on screen. I guess they are the most scariest videos to make. I haven't been very consistent with making videos. I make one here or there. Usually the videos I make correspond to thoughts that I'm expressing in blog posts. Writing blog posts has seemed more important, but I've wanted to illustrate some points with a video, because sometimes videos are better than blog posts. They bring things alive. They reach a new audience. But I can't say that I've really worked very hard on my YouTube channel. Sometimes I make a few videos in a row, and then I will leave my channel for many weeks until I get another idea. So that was a surprise. People like videos. And it also seems that people would like to read my unschooling book, if I ever finish it. And my podcast. As the survey results were coming in, I was thinking that perhaps I should just trim back what I'm doing and concentrate on my podcast, because I think more people listen to the podcast than actually read my blog. But then I got one comment, which I will read out to you in a minute. I would describe it as constructive criticism. There's some good points in the comment, but also it gave me a lot of things to think about. Are my podcasts really as effective as I would like to think? So I'm going to read the comment first, and then I'm going to discuss it. Sometimes it seems like you decided on the topic beforehand, but then just talk in a stream of consciousness. I would prefer to have more substance. For example, I loved the one where you shared about the chore chart that you used and it worked, but then you took it down because you worried it wasn't radical unschooling and your kids put it back up. That was great content. Yes, that comment was mixed. I would prefer to have more substance. That made me wonder if I am actually sharing anything of value. I talk in a stream of consciousness. Well, when people blog in that way, they tend to just spill out every thought upon the page. It just all comes out quickly and bloggers don't bother to edit. It's just what's going through their heads. And I'm wondering if that's the way that my podcasts seem. Yes, just every thought in my head just comes spilling out. Well, I have to admit that sometimes I do take a while to get to the topic of the day. Yes, I wander down other tracks sometimes and and I'm halfway through the episodes before I say I'd better get a move on and start talking about the topic. And yes, sometimes I do talk off the top of my head. I've admitted that in a few episodes I haven't sat down with any notes but I've talked about things that are concerning me or things that have grabbed my attention or things I'm passionate about and I've just gone with the flow and spoken about them without any notes and why do I do that I think I sometimes talk about that because I already know what I want to say I'm feeling passionate and the words just spell out but generally I plan my podcast very carefully. I spend a lot of time in the week leading up to an episode, jotting down thoughts and ideas that I'm having. Things that have happened, things I could possibly talk about. And then I will organize those thoughts, ideas, events into some kind of structure for the podcast. I don't plan every word that I'm going to say. That's why sometimes I miss out in things that I think about later and I say, hey, I should have said this or I should have said that. But generally, I have a pretty good idea what I want to talk about. Each episode can take me hours to produce. So I don't think I just grab my mic, sit down and start spilling out my thoughts in a random kind of way. But maybe that's how it's coming over. I've got to think about that, and I was thinking about that because it can be really good to get positive feedback and not so good to get negative feedback, but the most helpful is sometimes the negative kind. If it is constructive criticism, it actually can improve what we're doing if we are prepared to listen. So that's what I tried to do. I tried to be open-minded about it, tried to examine what I'm doing. Can I improve the podcast in some way? So I thought about the substance part, providing more substance. I think that's what the comments said. I would prefer to have more substance. Now, I have actually tried to make podcast episodes where I do that, where I just write down a lot of facts, for example, about strewing, and then try to talk about them all in order nice and concisely, a lot of information. And it has never worked because what I end up with doesn't have any passion. And all those episodes have ended up in my drafts file. I have rejected them. They just don't feel like me. If I don't like something, how can I expect other people to listen and like it too? Now, I prefer to talk In a conversational type of way, I imagine myself having coffee with friends and just chatting, telling a few stories, pondering a few ideas, sharing some experiences, giving a few facts where necessary. Facts. I wonder how many facts there are about unschooling. I mean, not many people can even decide how to define unschooling. It really is something that you have to live to understand. And the longer we unschool, the more deeply we understand. And I have been surprised at just how much more I can keep learning about living this way of life. So I guess that's the reason I ponder and think and invite other people to ponder and think about unschooling as well. It's not black and white. It's something to be lived and to be felt, to be experienced, to be felt feelings. This makes me think of how I sometimes open up and tell you all that's going on inside my head and my heart. I share the good things, but I also share the bad things. I share my doubts as well as my hopes. And maybe this isn't what people want. Maybe I would be more successful if I presented myself as a cool and calm and collected expert. An unschooling expert who has it all together. Who knows what she's talking about 100% of the time. And then I could say, go and do this and do it that. This is the way you should do it. Speak in an expert way. And people might listen and go and do this and go and do that because they might think I know what I'm talking about. But of course, I never do that. But maybe I should. Or maybe I won't because that's just not me. Anyway, after I got this comment, I did sit down and, and I thought about all those things that I've just been talking about. Should I make some changes? Will my podcast be more successful? Will it reach more people? If I do change the format a bit, if I do present myself differently, would my podcast be more helpful? And then I felt overwhelmed by the thought of having to make so many changes doing that sounded like more than I could cope with. Yes, I just felt so tired. And so I decided that if my podcasts aren't helpful, then maybe I should just go away and do something completely different. I've given it my best shot. I've put a lot of years into this. Perhaps it's just time to move on. And if I did move on, There's already a lot of content on my blog and podcast and YouTube channel for any new listeners and viewers and readers. If somebody stumbles across my blog or podcast, they can go back through the archives. Yes, I've said a lot. So I decided that, yes, I would give up podcasting and blogging. Move on. Do something else. I hadn't decided what that something else was, but... Anyway, that's what I was thinking. But then, the next day, I got another survey result. And I'm going to read out another comment. You cut through to the heart of the subject straight away. You answer the questions that are most on my mind. I can feel the love, respect and joy that you share in your household. And this inspires me and reassures me i was very interested to see the interviews with your older children to know what they think of their education these are endlessly interesting to me i enjoy the informal chatty style of your podcast they are still focused i can tell you have a plan each time which is nice that feedback was so totally different and my mood changed instantly And I thought, perhaps I'm doing okay after all. Perhaps it's okay to be me doing things my way. Maybe I don't have to appeal to everybody because it is impossible to please everybody. But maybe there are enough people out there who do like my style. So I felt positive again. So I started making plans for some new content. I had this idea for a new podcast series for my patrons. I wondered if I could do an A to Z of unschooling. Yes, go through the alphabet. Choose an unschooling word for each letter of the alphabet, and then talk about it. Maybe illustrate what I'm talking about with a story. Share some ideas, some thoughts. At the very least, I thought it would be a nice challenge for me to come up with some topics. So the first one I thought about was acceptance, accepting our kids, but also accepting ourselves. And so I started making some notes mentally about this. But unfortunately, the excitement died down pretty quickly. And that feeling of tiredness just sort of overwhelmed me again. And I thought, do I really want to do this? This will be a lot of work. I'm going to have to do some research, find appropriate stories. Plan it out carefully. And this is in addition to my regular podcast. So I decided that even though I like this idea, I was going to stop blogging and podcasting totally. Give it up. But then, of course, a few hours later, I changed my mind again. And this is the way it has been for the last couple of weeks. Up and down, up and down. Yes, no, yes, no. A roller coaster. I can't decide what I want to do. It is just so hard to let go of something that I have been doing for years. Something that is an integral part of my life. But at the same time, hard as it is to let go, it's hard to continue on. What I really need is some space to step back, to have a rest, to examine everything properly, instead of trying to keep up with everything I'm doing and make decisions while I'm tired. So this is the conclusion I came to yesterday. But I thought I can't just take a break. I can't leave everything because I have Patreon patrons. They signed up. They have made pledges to support my unschooling work. I can't just say, hey, I'm not going to be producing any content anymore. You made pledges, and now I've got nothing to offer you. I thought the only thing to do is to close my Patreon page. So yesterday morning, I sat down and I wrote messages to all my patrons. And when it came time to send the first one, my finger hovered on the mouse. I didn't know whether to press or not, but I did. And... I sent all the messages and then I went out and just tried to forget about the whole thing. I finished, I said. I told my kids, I'm moving on. That's it. We went shopping, came home, and there was this most beautiful message waiting in my inbox. One of my patrons had emailed me and said, Sue, I didn't make a pledge so that you would give me extra content. You don't have to make any more content. I just want to support you, to thank you for what you've been doing. Please don't close your Patreon page. I was so touched that somebody wanted to support me regardless of whether I make any more content or not. That she wanted me to keep my Patreon page open so that she could continue making pledges to me. I told my daughter, Imogen, about this lovely email, and she said, Mom, why don't you just pause your Patreon page? Pause my Patreon page. I didn't know that I could do this, but I can. I guess it's like deactivating it instead of deleting it. All the content stays there. I keep my patrons. Nothing is visible online while the page is paused, and my patrons' pledges are paused as well. So then I sent another round of emails out to all my patrons and said that I would be pausing my Patreon page. If they felt able to wait while I have a break, I would really appreciate that, but that I would understand if they no longer wanted to be a patron. Well, I got more emails back. All of them were so beautiful and supportive. All of them were very understanding. More people said, hey, Sue, continue on. We don't expect anything. We just want to support the work that you have been doing. Say thank you for things that you have done for us already. So I guess you can imagine how I felt after I received all those emails. Yeah, I felt pretty good. I felt it was quite okay for me to have a break. I can do that. And that is what I've decided to do. I will pause my Patreon page before the end of the month. This will be my last podcast for a while. I probably won't blog or make any videos. I'm just going to have some quiet time for a while. Time to think, time to recharge, time to regain my enthusiasm. Doing this reminds me of when our kids have quiet times. I've spoken about this in previous podcasts. Yes, our kids might be busy with their passions and their interests, and we know they're learning. And then one day, everything comes to a halt. They've lost their excitement, their enthusiasm. They just don't know what to do anymore. Nothing seems to interest them. We make lots of suggestions, and their eyes don't light up. And then we start to worry. What if our kids never get interested in anything ever again? Our kids might look like they are wasting time. We just want them to get moving again. But I have found that having quiet times is very natural. My kids might learn in a busy way for a while, and then they need a period of quiet. And then all of a sudden, one day, they'll wake up, and they will look excited again. Something has caught their attention, and they are off again. I sometimes wonder what goes on subconsciously while we're having quiet times because I'm sure these are very valuable times. They're not a waste of time at all. Maybe we do a lot of thinking, a lot of processing. Maybe we're pondering new ideas without even realizing it. I am going to have some quiet time and I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to worry about what I'm going to do whether this quiet time will go on forever and ever and I'll never find my purpose in life again. No, I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to waste some time. I'm going to watch some Netflix. I'm going to read lots of library books. I shall get my camera out and take photos. And I shan't think about how I'm going to use them for a blog post. No, I shall just enjoy taking photos for its own sake. Do some experimenting. And the other thing I'm going to do is spend more time with my family. There is a lot going on around here at the moment. I think every single one of us is in a tired state. Maybe we're not very good at saying no, but we seem to have a lot of commitments. And not all those commitments are giving us joy at the moment. I think it's time that we took time for ourselves, turned inward for a little while regained our energy, regained our joy. And then, yes, we will be recharged and ready to go again. So I am confident that one day I will wake up and I will feel full of life again. I will be excited and full of enthusiasm. And I will want to return to my blog or podcast or something similar. But until that happens, this is probably going to be my last podcast for a while. If I do get some more guest podcaster contributions, I will make another podcast, do some extra ones, because I'm sure that you will enjoy the stories that other unschoolers want to share. But for myself, yes, it's time for a rest. So I'm going to leave you with a few unschooling thoughts. I've been talking a lot about myself during this podcast, and I just want to leave you with a few ideas that you could use. I've already spoken about quiet times. Quiet times are okay, both for parents and children. And maybe they're not only okay, they are essential. We talk a lot about accepting our kids. Perhaps we ought to accept ourselves as well. We don't have to change. We can be the people we are. Not everybody will relate to us as we are, but that's okay. My next point is about going out there and making a difference. I'm always talking about this. Use your talents. Encourage your kids to use theirs to go out and make a difference to the world. We don't have to make a difference in a big way. We don't have to do something that's showy. Sometimes I think that it is the small things that have the biggest impact. I think I've already shared with you how I usually say to my son, go out there and make a difference when he goes to work because he doesn't have the showy talents of my daughters. He works in a kitchen. He's an apprentice chef. But I tell him that everything he does in the day, all the smiles, That he gives people the kind words that he shares his willingness to wash dishes to the best of his ability that kind of thing those are the things that will make a big difference he has an important role to play and moving on from that I want to thank all my patron friends and other friends who have made a huge difference to my life by giving me feedback By sending me beautiful emails by saying hey Sue you're doing okay and also saying it's quite okay Sue if you have a rest friends are very special aren't they and I would like to encourage you to encourage a friend when I was a breastfeeding counselor many years ago when we were training it was suggested that we write notes to our team members to encourage them, because sometimes people can get a little bit despondent, we have hard days, and a note can really lift our spirits. Well, not many people write notes these days, I mean, that was a long time ago, before we had email. But if we're not willing to write a letter or a note, we can all send a quick email, a few words in a message to somebody, just say, hey, you're doing okay, you're doing a good job. Give somebody some feedback. I think kids also need feedback. Sometimes people say that we shouldn't tell kids that they are doing a great job because they'll end up doing whatever they're doing just so that they hear words of praise. And I discussed this with my children and they said that kids value parents' opinions. They need to hear that they're doing okay. It encourages them to keep going. Of course, our feedback has to be honest and kind. And if we have some suggestions, they have to be constructive and not critical. So I think that's all I want to say about unschooling for today. I would like to thank Cricket for being my guest podcaster. Please hop over to my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, and leave crickets some feedback. I have lots of other thank yous to say as well. Thank you to everybody who filled in my survey. Thank you to my Patreon patrons. Thank you to all my friends who have stopped by to encourage me. And I would like to thank you for listening to this episode. Episode 128. 128. That's not a nice round number. I think in numbers a lot. And I would have liked to have stopped at a number like 130 or 140 or better still, 150. So maybe I will return, make more episodes, make my numbers better sounding. But until then, I hope that everything goes well with you, that you continue to enjoy unschooling. And I encourage you to trust, respect and love unconditionally.